Hey disciples, it's Evangelist Andy here. Are y'all ready to discuss what popped off in the garden? Because <laughs> I've been waiting for it. Um, so we will discuss some extra things after the takeaway. We're going to address the kiss um, because I know it's not mentioned in the sneak peek song. I understand that. We will address it. We will also address John's account of when uh, Jesus basically turned himself in. He turned himself over to authorities. John doesn't mention a kiss. He says when the guards come up that Jesus say, whom ye seek. In other words, who you looking for? And the guards say, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus responds by saying, I am he. And other things happen after that. We will also discuss <laughs> uh, what Mark said about this uh, random young man. And and I've read the story of the garden before, as I'm sure you have. But when I read it this time, because I was reading each account right after one another, I noticed that Mark is the only one that mentions this. And it could be that after they scattered, he stuck around for a little bit. Um, But we're going to, I have a a theory, a couple of theories of who that was. And I want to know who you thought it was. (laughs) So send me a voice message. Um, You can find that in Mark 14, 51 through 52. So uh, let me know what you think (laughs) um so i want you to get your heart mind and your soul right because we definitely digging deep on this one so let's go all right disciple here's the rundown so they're at the garden and jesus says i'm taking peter and the sons of zebedee james and john with me and we gon' go a little bit in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus said, watch and pray, but the disciples were so sleepy. He prayed out the Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, that will be done in the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane. So then he goes back and he finds Peter, James, and John, and they sleep. And Jesus like, Peter, Peter, y'all can stay woke for an hour. Stay woke, disciples. I'm about to go back and pray, y'all, for the second time. If it be possible, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, that will be done in the garden. He came and found the disciples. They were all asleep again. But this time he said nothing, he just went back and prayed in the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane. So he comes back and this time he like, stay sleep disciples, for the hour has come where the son of man shall be betrayed. And right as he's saying that, then that's when Judas came with the guards and the chief priests. And they brought torches. They had lanterns and weapons. And Jesus, who you see, Jesus, who 
Jesus said, I am he, and they fell down to the ground immediately, in the darkness, it's in me. So now Peter's woke, he gets up, he grabs his sword, he swings it, he cuts off the right ear of the guard. Jesus is like, no, Peter. He puts the man ear back on and says, those that live by the sword die by it. Then he said, but I could call my father. And he'll send a legion of angels to defend me. But then how could the scriptures all be fulfilled? But nevertheless, not my will, that will be done in the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane. So now the guards, they grab hold of Jesus and they bind him. And then all the disciples, they run and they scatter. They leave Jesus just as he said they would on the way to the garden. And then according to Mark, there's this young man in a loincloth. He gets up off the ground and he starts following them. Then the guards see him and they try to grab hold of the young man. But all they grab hold of is the loincloth. And then the young man, he's gone. You stand in the garden, y'all. No, for real. I'ma have to dig deep on that one. Who y'all think it was? Really dig deep on that one. <laughs> I'm about to call my pastor. Sat <laughs> in the garden with the line cloth on. <laughs> disciples let's look at the takeaways the takeaways of this event of the garden are three simple things number one watch and pray number two accept who you are and number three to much is given much is required let's start with number one watch and pray Jesus is in the garden and according to Mark 14 and 34 he says My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And according to Luke 22 and 40, Jesus tells them to pray that they enter not into temptation. All right. So here Jesus tells the disciples to watch and pray as we should. I'm telling you, disciples, watch and pray. As a disciple, it is your duty, it is your mission to pray and fortify your territory. Jesus gave us power and authority in order to cast out devils, walk over snakes and scorpions, and to also heal the sick. All right? That's your authority. You should be doing these things in your territory. The reason why you want to watch and pray is just like the disciples in in the garden. You never know how close danger is. You don't want to get caught slipping or sleeping. Jesus is praying in the garden. He's praying that he doesn't have to be crucified in in an hour or two. (laughs) Okay. And he tells the disciples to also pray. But they're so tired from all the stuff that has gone down that week that they decide at that moment in the midnight hours that they would be sleeping. No, 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 no. No. And and eventually Jesus is like, y'all just stay asleep and I'll pray by myself. 
<laughs> Sometimes you have to be on your post by yourself. As we're watching what's going on in the world, in the 17 countries that we are all located in, you need to also pray. As you watch your news, pray. As you live your day-to-day life, pray. The Bible says to pray without ceasing and to pray about everything. We must remain on our post. That's why I have midnight miracles. Because Jesus was in the garden praying in the midnight hour. And so therefore I know that he can He can get a prayer through. <laughs> Jesus said it. I, I can call him a father. <laughs> and, and we can call the father about any and everything. The enemy is always plotting on us. We see they was watching him on Sunday. Okay, on Wednesday, they started plotting. And here it is on Friday. And they're ready to carry out the plan. That's how the enemy works. He ain't going to take all day to come and set you up, to come and steal your joy, to come to destroy your dreams. And he's not about to take a bunch of time. He going to hit and he going to hit frequently. He going to hit you like every day. Every day there's a plot against you. And so we must watch and pray. Pray about the things that you don't see as well. While you're praying about the things you're watching. We are the spiritual neighborhood watch. Get on post, disciples. <laughs> I hope Y'all heard me right. Stay on post. Matter of fact, uh, send me a voice message of something we need to touch and agree about in your territory whether it's something personally for you whether it's for your community or whether it's for your country send me a voice message let i'm gonna show you something (laughs) god gonna show you something (laughs) next we need to accept you need to accept who you are there are certain things that god has destined us for There's certain purposes, certain callings, certain gifts, okay? And when I say purpose, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, I do this in my church. It could be your purpose is for your community, okay? So don't always think I'm talking inside the institution of religion. I'm talking relationship disciples, your everyday lives. You must accept who you are in the kingdom of God. Your call um, could be as an intercessor. Intercession is essential. People that pray for other people, not only that you're just praying, but you get your prayers through. (laughs) The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And so we must accept that. You must accept who God has made you to be. Accept it because Jesus, uh, now this is where John's account comes in. And that's in John 18 verses 4 through 8. The guards come through according to John and Jesus says, whom ye see. He says, who you looking for? And the guards say, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am he. Jesus was never scared. He didn't back down. 
you looking for me? Here I go. That's the way he is. It also goes in the other accounts. He's like, why y'all come with all these torches and weapons? I was in the synagogue teaching every day. Y'all saw me every day and you never checked me then. So why are you coming at me like a thief in the night? Hey, that's Bible. The enemy will come at you like a thief in the night. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But you must accept who you are. Though he has a plot, you have a purpose. God has made you. And he didn't make anything that did not have a purpose. Even in Genesis, it says the creeping things have a purpose. Spiders have a purpose. Centipedes have a purpose. I may not be fond of their purpose, but they got one nonetheless. Accept who you are. You are a child of the Most High God. You are a royal priesthood called out of darkness into the marvelous light. You are made in the image of God. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Accept it. Accept the greatness that God has granted you. Accept the fact that you ain't ordinary. You are extraordinary. You're extraordinary because that extra that resides within you, that's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gives you the gifts. Holy Spirit gives you your talent. Oh my God. And he gives it so freely. (laughs) Accept it. Accept the gift. (laughs) I don't know people that turn down gifts. Have you ever turned down a gift? I I turned down engagements, but I ain't turned down no gifts now. So we must accept who we are because God made us who we are because the kingdom needs you the world needs you there was something lacking in the world and God made you to fill that spot whether it's for you to be the best teacher the best bus driver the best mother or father God has made you for that divine purpose you better accept it (laughs) here's why you need to accept who you are Because God has already made the plan. There's things that God wants you to do and places he wants to send you. And some of us have said no because we've never been to these places before. We've never done these things before. But know this, God would not recommend you for it if he thought you couldn't handle it. He would never put more on you than you can bear. Some of you are already operating in the place that God wants you to be, but you feel so overwhelmed. And the reason why you feel overwhelmed is because you haven't officially given him the yes. So you don't see how you can handle everything that you're going through. But once you give him the yes, he'll send you the help. (laughs) You just give him a yes. Give him the yes. He has provision, meaning he's already placed the people there that are meant to help you. He's already placed the finances there that are meant to um, keep you afloat. And when you give him the yes, he'll release the funds. (laughs) You ain't got to hustle. Just go to God. (laughs) Say, Lord, release it (laughs) in the name of Jesus. Okay. And, And he, it shall be done. 
Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And sometimes God has opened the door and he just wants you to give him the yes. Your yes is the knock to the open door. And then you must walk through it. And that brings me to the third, okay? The third point. To much is given, much is required. But even though much is required, God will take care of you. He'll take care of you. Jesus is there in the garden. He has the guards. He has the disciples who are woke now. (laughs) And Peter comes and he swings his sword. And he also cuts off the, the ear of the guard. The right ear. And Jesus tells his disciple, no, that ain't how we do things around here. Now, there's a time and a season for everything. That's what the Bible tells us. So there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. Peter was ready for war. He was ready to fight. He had already told Jesus at the Last Supper yesterday that I'll go to prison and I will die for you. I will never abandon you. And that's when Jesus tells him, but Peter, you'll deny me three times. (laughs) So Peter gets up and he swings his sword. Yes, disciple, swing your sword when the time is right. It was all about timing. That wasn't the time for war. So Jesus takes the guard's ear and he puts it back on. Jesus blessed his enemy who was coming to arrest him. That's the much required. Sometimes when you're working in your gift and you're working in your call and you're doing what thus says the Lord, he will bring you before your enemies. Make it make sense. He prepareth a table for me in the presence of of my enemies your enemies will be present and sometimes God will have you to bless them and then other times God will have them to bless you Jesus blessed his enemy he didn't curse him he he asked questions of course like why y'all coming at me like this I saw y'all every day y'all didn't say nothing (laughs) and here you are with your weapons your torches your lanterns and y'all ready to get me And yet he blessed him anyway. Anyway. And Jesus accepts the fact that he must die. Previously in the garden, he was trying to get the cup to pass from him. Like, God, please let let it be another time. And clearly the answer was no. Because he died, buried, and rose again. But it's at this moment where he realizes he must die. He must die. And I love Jesus for giving God a yes. Yes, I'll go to the cross. Because if he didn't go to the cross, you and I wouldn't have salvation. If you didn't love your enemies, then later on down the line, that enemy that you loved on might not give you the job, might not uh, bless you financially when you are down to your last $10, seriously, and you have to decide on food or gas. And then suddenly, your enemy will remember something and put a little something in your hand. 
To much is given, much is required. It has to be God over everything. And, and the the important thing of that is, nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. It was Jesus' will that maybe he died a little later. But it was God's will that he had to die right now. Because if he didn't, where would we be? We would still be lost. We would still be um, damned. To, to hell and and Jesus and he sacrificed himself he accepted his purpose to be a sacrifice the lamb slain before the foundation of the world he he tells them listen listen all right come and take me and leave the rest of the disciples alone too much is given he he turned himself in so that the disciples could go free so that the guards wouldn't you know retaliate for how peter popped off and they take him and they bind him this is where binding is important there's a scripture that says if you bind it on earth it'll be bound in heaven and if you loose it on earth you'll be loosed in heaven this is where we touch and agree with god if i ask god to stop something to bind it and I put it in the name of Jesus, then God will honor it and bind it in heaven. I'm asking him to do something on earth, and he does it in heaven. And if I lose something, if I ask God to add something, Lord, can you please give me peace of mind? Can you give me joy? Can you give me my stemmy? And God, in Jesus' name, and then God will add it in heaven. There's a, a agreement that must be made. Once we agree and accept who we are, God will agree to take care of us. He provides the provision for us. And so Jesus decides that today is a good day to die. And he allows them to bind him. And because just the mention of him, according to John, when he said, I am he, they immediately fell to the ground because of the power, the power of him, of who he is, the power of who he is today and forevermore. That power knocked them down. It's dunamis. It's dynamite. They fell when he said, I am he. We have to say, we are they. I am she. You are he. Accept it. Accept it. And once you do that, once you give God the yes, then you'll see that the way is easier, that you've come into agreement with him. And so he'll keep up his end of the agreement to give you the finances, to give you uh, the opportunities, to give you the recommendation, to give you the credit score. Amen. (laughs) To give you the debt relief, to give you... (laughs) (laughs) your student loans paid off okay once you give him the yes he'll release and hold up his end of the bargain and we as disciples we must hold up our end we must do as Jesus said to love one another love one another and honor God and to be a part of the kingdom of God and since we are kingdom citizens We got kingdom assignments. We are doing big things in the kingdom, okay? 
<laughs> it's millionaires listening to this. You're doing big things in the kingdom. It's thousandaires in here. You're doing big things in the kingdom. You might think you broke, but the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And so you are prosperous. It's God's uh, mission that he wants us to prosper. And we prosper in different ways other than money. Good health, you prospering. Good job, you prospering. Good marriage, you prospering. Good car, you prospering. Look at prosperity as more than finances. Get that Judas mentality out of your mind where it only take a little bit of change for you to do something strange, okay? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Don't do it. You know what they say in that one movie? Uh, make the money. Don't let the money make you. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You got to come on, discern some things, disciple. But nevertheless, be encouraged. Be encouraged that God is taking care of us. Give him a yes. Watch and pray. And, and handle your power with uh, responsibility. Okay, Just because you have the power to uh, end somebody's whole world. Call them out. Expose them. That does not mean that you should, okay? Because when you expose other people, you actually expose yourself. You expose the hate in your heart. You expose uh, your vindictive nature. You expose uh, your true character. And, you know, you may think it'll hurt the other person. But it actually hurts you. Take, for example, Kirk Franklin and his son. The son was trying to embarrass Kirk and think it was going to shut his whole gospel career down. And then all these parents stepped up like, uh-uh, uh-uh, nah, we rolling with Kirk. Mm-hmm, because you kids can push us. <laughs> but too much is given. Much is required. And we thank God. We thank Jesus. And we thank Holy Spirit. We thank God for sending Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we thank Jesus for being the the sacrifice. Listen, we gonna get to the cross, but we gotta get to these court cases. And I'm gonna make it plain, and we gonna make it make sense. So tune in for the next episode. Play the next segment so you can hear the theories that I have regarding who that was in the garden (laughs) with the linen cloth. (laughs) All right, disciples, go forth, be great in God, and walk in your purpose. Hey. Street Disciples, want to know how you can get connected and stay connected? It's so simple. Get connected, follow, favorite, and subscribe to this show. Get the first notifications of the latest episodes. Stay connected. Like our Facebook page and join the private group. You'll know you're in the right place because it has the same graphic as the podcast. Here you can comment on weekly discussions and I'll do some lives and there's daily encouragement. And get a sneak peek of up and coming events and episodes. 
Listen, last but not least, you can definitely leave me a voice message. I'll answer, whether it's a prayer request or you got an idea for an episode, you want to be a guest on the show, you got music for the show, or you want me to be a guest on your show. Let's do it. It's all about the kingdom connection and kingdom building. We're doing big things in the kingdom. Come on, let's go. guys let's talk about this kiss (laughs) so Matthew Mark and Luke say that um, when the guards came that Judas came showing them the way because Judas knew the private place that Jesus liked to pray because he was his disciple and as uh, when you read the synoptic gospels they have moments in there where it says and Jesus withdrew and went and prayed by himself but he would always tell the disciples where he was going and after a point they knew where he was going so Judas already knew how to get Jesus somewhere private remember on Wednesday he provided that solution he said I'll let you know I'll, I'll let you know when it's time and so he knew where to find him And the reason why this betrayal is a betrayal, because it was so close to Jesus. Uh, Judas was his student, and the student turned him in. (laughs) And so it was intimate in the fact that it was a close friend, it was a disciple. And don't think of it as a kiss as in between, you know... It was more of, think of more how French people kiss, okay, like on the cheek and things like that. And the fact that he got so close to Jesus to betray him and he asked him something that is funny to me because after Judas uh, kissed Jesus and he um, betrayed him, Jesus said, where you been? The reason why that is so funny to me is because God asked Adam and Eve where they were when they were in the Garden of Eden. I'm looking at this from the two gardens, okay? And so after they had eaten the fruit and became aware that they were naked, they went and found fig leaves and tried to make, you know, they became fashion designers and made outfits <laughs> to cover their bodies. So if anybody asks you who the first fashion designers were, it was Adam and Eve, okay? They made clothes to cover up their bodies. And when God came to visit them in the cool of the night, as he did every day, he asked them where they were and they said they were hiding and he said why and he's they said because we're naked and Jesus said well God says who told you you were naked <laughs> like how you even know that so it was funny that God is asking Adam and Eve where they've been and then Jesus is asking Judas where he's been and even God asked Satan where he had been in the book of Job it's not that he didn't know it's just are you going to tell the truth okay because people will lie to your face (laughs) 
You've been living. You know they do. (laughs) And when you know that they're lying and they say it with such conviction as if it is truth, that's a betrayal. That's a breach of, of trust. And so that's why, you know, I feel like Jesus was sad when, I mean, I know he was, his soul was sad. He said that, um, that he's exceedingly sorrowful unto death because he's about to die. But I know he had to be sad to find, to see what he knew would happen. Like, dang, Judas. (laughs) Judas. And so the kiss, I didn't um, mention it in the song because, you know, everybody mentions the kiss. And I wanted to mention and point out something that is not always discussed, which is why I brought up what Mark said about the young man in the garden with a linen uh, cloth on and, uh, and he was naked. And so it's it's funny to me that in the garden there's similarities of what happened. Now my theory regarding oh, just so you know a takeaway of the kiss, be careful of who you allow into your intimate circle. Okay, and the twelve were a part of, you know, Jesus' intimate inner circle. And then, of course, Peter and the sons of Zebedee, they were a little bit tighter than the rest of the other disciples. But even Jesus said, I've chosen 12 and one of you is a devil. You know, sometimes the choices we make, um, we have good intentions. He wanted to increase Judas's faith because Judas had a faith issue. All the disciples did, but it is written that Judas did not have faith. And we know without faith, it's impossible to please God. So Judas truly struggled. It's like someone that goes to school and fails the class. They come every day, they do all their work, but they just don't get it. And we as disciples, I know I have learned this. It is your job to give, to plant the seed and to you know, give somebody a little bit of Jesus, okay? Or you can give them a lot of Jesus. But sometimes it's just not the season for them to believe. You could be uh, right in everything that you're telling them, and yet they still will not receive it. And you have to be okay with that, disciples. You have to be okay with um, being a seed planter. And then you have to be okay with the water a waterer okay not every time that you evangelize and share Jesus with someone will they give their life to Christ at that moment but you are a part of their journey to Christ okay Uh, because I remember this one preacher was like have you ever had anybody give their life to Christ when you preach to them and at first I was like nah And then I had to sit back and think about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have. (laughs) Yes, I have. And then other times I've just planted a seed and they gave their life to Christ at a different time. But they came back and was like, you know, it was because of what you said that sparked it in me. And I thank God for the testimony. But not every time are you to be the one to witness 
their conversion. And so don't think that you have failed if every time you try to minister to somebody or share Jesus with somebody that they reject it. It's okay. It is okay. It doesn't mean that you didn't do good. It just means they didn't have an ear to hear or a heart to receive at that time. And you just keep praying for them and they receive it not. You shut it down. You shake the dust off your feet. You keep it moving. Change the subject. You did your part. Okay. (laughs) I just wanted to uh, reassure you because I know in the beginning of my preaching and even in the middle. Well, even now, (laughs) 17 years in. um, Sometimes I, I still talk to God like, what could I have said to make them give their life in that moment Lord because I just want to witness so many conversions in my life I want to see when people give their life to Christ and become official citizens of the kingdom like I love that moment because heaven rejoices over one soul and I want to be rejoicing on earth you know and I know God be like Andy you got good intentions but girl you can't witness everybody But I won't do Jesus. (laughs) But anyway, now let's get to um, this young man in the garden that Mark is talking about. Again, that is in Mark 14. And it's at the 51st and the 52nd verse. It's only two verses. But when I read them two verses, I paused. Okay, I had to stop because um, this could have been out a whole lot sooner but uh <laughs> I had to stop and meditate on this word like where does dude come from because none of the others now I'm used to John including information that the other other disciples did but this time it was Mark and that's what caught my attention like hold on Mark you saw something didn't nobody else see <laughs> So at this point, Jesus is in custody and he's walking away with the guards. And Mark mentions that this young man comes up and he starts following, excuse me, Jesus and the guards. And then the guards see him and they try to, uh, (laughs) they try to grab hold of the young man. But all they grab is his linen cloth and then he's gone. Okay. And so I started wondering who that was. Now, listen, it's not in the book. Okay. You got the two verses that's in the book, the mention. Um, This is what, how I usually do things when it's something in the text that I have a question about. I use my my foreknowledge. I use what I learned in regular school to help me when I'm in my spiritual school. So let's look at the foreknowledge of what do we already know about Jesus and the garden and all of that. And I know that Jesus prayed three times for the cup to pass from him. I know that God said no because Jesus is arrested right now. (laughs) So, no. (laughs) And so when I was thinking about it, I started thinking about the other garden, okay? Because Adam and Eve were in the garden and they were naked, but they didn't know that they were naked until 
they ate the fruit of the uh, tree. So now you have nakedness in the first garden and you have nakedness in the second garden. Um, It was two people naked in the first garden. Now it's just, well, by the end, it's one. (laughs) They took his linen cloth, so he, he didn't have nothing on. But when I also was thinking about it, I looked at the linen cloth and how the guards tried to grab hold of the young man and all they had left was the linen cloth. And that triggered to me what happens later on um, in this uh, story after the crucifixion. How I'm going to just have to preview it for you. How when Jesus rose... And they went to the tomb. All they saw was the linen cloth, okay, that he was buried in. It was folded up neatly in the corner. And so it made me think that maybe even though God said, no, I'm not going to let the cup pass from you, that maybe God gave Jesus a preview of what was to come that you know the guards in this case being death would try to grab hold of Jesus but as we know through his resurrection he conquered death so therefore he got away like the death (laughs) did not take him and all that was left in the tomb from the death and the burial was the linen cloth look this is a deep point okay I'm just I'm telling you I don't know the answer of who that young man was um I'm just asking us to dig deeper and think about it so I've been thinking about it and I believe that this was an answer to Jesus's prayer that no you still have to die but no you conquer Death and all they'll remain is your linen cloth, the sacred uh, cloth. They have it in a museum right now. That's how sacred this cloth is because there's one that has his face on it, believed to have his face on it in blood. You go watch the History Channel. I ain't lying. (laughs) There's plenty of documentaries on it. (laughs) I think it's at the Vatican, but it might be at the Smithsonian Museum. It's somewhere in a in a secure location where they hold sacred biblical objects. So I was just thinking that maybe it's a preview for Jesus. You tell me what you think because I really do think that the young man appeared suddenly and disappeared suddenly to let Jesus know like look you gotta die but it's okay you're gonna get away you're gonna ascend you're gonna resurrect and so that's my theory (laughs) just like I know another preacher that has a theory about Lazarus that when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead that that was Jesus's preview from God of what was to come the following week which would have been his death burial and resurrection that he would be bound that he would be dead but yet he would raise and be resurrected just as he called Lazarus for it's just some theories you know uh, of who people are because there are a few people and animals and things that only appear in the bible one time but their one time is highly significant 
another example is the great fish in Jonah. It's not it's not said that it's a whale, but because we, being human, the greatest fish that we think of it naturally is a whale. And so the Bible says that this great fish was made specifically for the purpose of swallowing Jonah. Go back and read Jonah. It, it tells you, because after the fish uh, basically throws up Jonah, it it goes away never to be seen again so some things have a one-time purpose but it's so uh dynamic because while he was in that great fish belly Jonah was having uh, a prayer <laughs> with God and and getting instructions like you know go back to where I told you to go go to Nineveh homie <laughs> and so I love you all Go forth, be great in God, walk in your purpose, and stay tuned for the next episode when we go to the courthouses. <laughs> it get deep. <laughs> See you all.